Welcome to the Bushy Black Brother Network. Welcome to M3 Millennial Money Management Info Podcast. So we're here talking about financial challenges that most millennials go through. And I'm here with my co-host, Chaz. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Uh, Just happy to learn about this topic, actually, just because there's so much um, misinformation out. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm actually excited. Yep. And brings us to our topic for today that a lot of millennials, baby boomers and even toddlers don't even talk about. And it's death and insurance. So we decided to go through Marvel and DC and get us our own insurance superhero. And we ran into a gentleman named Jeremy Goodrich. Good morning, Jeremy. Hey, good morning to you, fellas. It's great to be on the show. Excellent. So we wanted to reach out because we had uh, one young millennial was like, why do I have to have insurance? Uh, I'm just working right now. I'll get insurance later on in life. And Chaz and I always talk about finance and money is not sexy unless you're at the strip club. And then it gets real, real (laughs) sexy there. So we have our podcast kind of hidden in in different ways of saying, hey, look, besides that, um, what are the things that we have to have do our life and, you know, kind of prioritize? And in Jeremy, you have your own podcast as well um, called. Let me know what it is. Yeah, Scratch Entrepreneur. So we essentially interview you know we interview people or business owners like yourselves and just let them share their story in our podcast which is fantastic um i, I listened to two of them and i'm um want to get into some things that i could say well, maybe i can do that so scratch <laughs> entrepreneur i gotta listen to the, the canadian one i think what is it almost yeah. canadian or something uh, yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's um, how I built built this is probably the most famous podcast on the same basic topic, like letting you know entrepreneurs tell their story, and I think they do an amazing job of it. Obviously, um, almost Canadian. I don't think I know that one. Well, it's, it's the last one that popped up on mine. But oh, secretly Canadian secretly the episode Canadian. of Scratch Entrepreneur that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought the best story from that was there's two brothers that are uh, own this business together, and the two of them are you know sometimes they have fights like all people who own businesses together do, and at some point they you know got into a wrestling match, and the younger brother <laughs> finally beat the older brother for like the first time ever, right. and he said it was one of the highest moments of his business ownership, which I'm not sure exactly what that says, but I think it's pretty cool well if if you got an older brother you'll know that i I went through that as well then my brother was like don't put your hands on me again i was like okay no problem i'm still the winner (laughs) exactly yeah i'm the older brother so i was always the one that won you know i uh so if i got taken down i knew it was a different situation absolutely but we're here for insurance and yeah um i'm gonna continue to call you either 
superhero or insurance guru because salesman Absolutely. sounds a little slimy. I don't, I don't really want to go with that. Well, yeah. And I mean, I was a, I was an elementary school teacher for 13 years before my wife kind of talked me into coming over to this side. So um, I've always just looked at this as like, I help teach people about stuff. And if they end up t- getting it from me, great. And if not, at least they know better than they did before, which is why I love being on your show today, just to kind of open up people's eyes, help people understand. And then, you know, you all make the decisions you want to make about your finances and your insurance and all that kind of stuff. Now, um, I'm curious, how how did the teaching experience, did did that help or how how did you transition from, from that to the current position? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as philosophy, it didn't change at all, right? Like I used to teach 10-year-olds how to do, well, not algebra necessarily, but, you know, like division, right? Mm -hmm. Or how to write, how to be an author, how to be an artist. You know, I had a lot of different topics that I taught when I was a third and fourth fourth grade teacher. When I came over to this side, you know, again, now I'm just teaching insurance and that's the only way I know how to approach it. And so as far as that switch, it wasn't different. I think the big thing that was different is when I was a teacher, I was just inherently trusted, right? Okay. People drop their kids off and they just trust you. And, and I appreciated that. And coming over to this side, you're inherently <laughs> distrusted, right. you know, like you're. And, and so that was probably the biggest shift was the perception of who I am, you know? Wow. Okay. That's, that's very interesting. Okay. So yeah. looking at that, because that, that is a, great transition because people need to be educated. So um, yeah. you're on the line with two 10 olds <laughs> and we want to we want <laughs> right. to buy insurance, but we have no idea why we need it. And we have no idea what the options yeah. are. So, but I'm happy to be yeah. a 10 year old that's making a lot of money. So <laughs> kind of walk me through that. <laughs> well, that sounds I good. I may, I, I may or may not be about the poverty line. yeah well i I think there's there's two sides and i don't know which side you want to dig into further but one is is protecting your stuff right so like insurance for if you're a renter or if you're a homeowner or if you have a car like insurance for your your stuff or if you have a business the other is life insurance and that's really a part of your financial planning. And, and I think that's the direction you want to go. I'm happy to talk whatever direction you want to talk um, as far mm-hmm. as what you know people should consider, what levels of insurance. All insurance has kind of you know, the introductory level, how you start, and then understanding further how far you want to take it. It's all about right. what do I want as far as peace of mind? You know, how, how do I want to feel if something bad happens? Do I want to spend a bunch of money to have the best insurance in the world? So if something bad, bad happens, I know I'm overprotected or do I want to really skim, you know, and not spend as much money on the policy itself, but know if something bad happens that I might be in a little bit of trouble as far as what kind of coverage I have. So more so the life insurance. And and let me give you a couple of scenarios because Chaz and I always talking with a couple of millennials and, and they're looking more in investment, 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 investment. Right. But they're mm-hmm. not looking at um, how to protect their investments. And who does it go to? You know what I mean? Um, in this yeah. day and age, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen when. And um, 
and politically we don't know what's going to happen and when so we really have yeah. to be prepared for that and we really had a problem of how to introduce that mm-hmm. well let me, let's let's do it like this so I'm, I'm thinking from my perspective um you know uh let's say someone you know walks into your office jeremy and say you know hey i'm i just graduated from college or just got this job whatever the case um you know why you know i see you have all these insurance products these different options you know first you know uh, on a basic level they may ask what what is what is insurance other than obviously there's auto we all know about that this health insurance you know which we get through our jobs what is what are the other insurance types and then why should i get them mm-hmm. you know this, this is someone under 30 Mm-hmm. What will your response be to them? So especially when it comes to life insurance, the basic premise is you're going to pay a small amount of money a month and agree with an insurance company that if something bad happens to you, if you pass away, somebody mm-hmm. is going to get a chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is it could be as basic as to pay your funeral expenses. You know, funerals can be ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and so if you've got a very simple life insurance policy that does nothing else but pay fifteen thousand dollars, so you can have a nice funeral, you know that that may be where you want to start. But you know, as you're coming out of college, it may not be as connected with where you're at right now. But it's likely, you know, you might get married at some point, you might have kids at some point, you might have a mortgage at some point, and all those things could be a burden if you were to pass away um, to whoever you leave behind. So generally, it's a spouse, right? And um, mm-hmm. if your if your income, what you're bringing into the family, disappears, then now your spouse has to handle any credit card debt you have. Your spouse has to handle the mortgage, you know, and obviously that person's grieving too. You know, they just lost you. And and so to put that kind of weight on your family as you grow into it, you know, is what you're avoiding by having the most basic kind of life insurance, just a term. Uh, it's called term life, and I'm happy to break it down. There's really two parts of it. Um, but that's what you're thinking about. When you're younger... It's the cheapest to get. So term life insurance, it has two parts. One is how much money it pays out if you were to die. That's called the death benefit. The other part Mm -hmm. is the term, which is the amount of time that the price will stay the same. And the younger you are, the cheaper the price. So let's say you're 22 years old and you just got out of college. You're probably, you could get a hundred thousand dollar death benefit so if you were to pass away a hundred thousand dollars would pay out to whoever you decide to get it and you made a 30-year term that's the longest term you can get you know that could be 10 bucks a month and it will stay 10 bucks a month for 30 years the insurance company is not allowed to change the amount of money you pay per month um, until the end of that 30 years so if you're 22 you're going to be paying that $10 or whatever. It's very inexpensive mm-hmm. all the way through the age of 52. And that's the beauty of getting life insurance young is that the price is less expensive. As you get older, I'm 41 years old, so it's going to be more expensive for me to get the same life insurance policy than it is for someone who's 22. Okay. Now, question. What One thing that popped up to me is... Um, 
and again, I'm hearing information. I don't know how true it is, but mm-hmm. um, is what you're describing the, the same uh, policy to where, like, are you paying into something? Are you paying the insurance uh, company? Like, what is there? Is there a, a policy to where it's actual like a, a a fund, right, or something like that? Yeah. So the there's really three types of insurance policy of of life insurance policies the first one is right. is a term life policy which i just kind of described and, and and in that scenario you are just paying the insurance company you're paying that 10 bucks a month you're not going to get any money back on that the only thing you get for that is you're to pass away the death benefit whatever that amount is would get paid to you know whoever you set as the person get it paid to. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar term life policy, and you pass away, a hundred thousand dollars is going to pay out. Otherwise, there's no investment value there. There's no additional value beyond that death benefit um, to the term life policy. What you bring up okay. is, and I don't know if I'm going too far. Stop me if you want to jump in. No, no, no. Keep. Um, okay, cool. Is is two other kinds of life insurance that uh, are called either universal or whole life and yes and, okay. and so those have two parts to them one is the death benefit i'm talking about all life insurance has a death benefit just like term life does but the other is it's kind of an investment vehicle so it's now we're shifting into almost financial investing where the life insurance company says look um we're going to charge a hundred dollars a month and 10 of that is going to be for the death benefit. So you don't get anything back for that, but 90 of it is you investing into a fund, which will accrue interest. It's a very low interest, usually two or 3% at the highest, Mm -hmm. but it accrues some interest and you don't lose the value on that even if the stock market falls. So whereas investing in index funds or other kinds of investment vehicles, like I'm sure you guys talk about, mm-hmm. you know, you can lose money in the same way you can make money. If you invest in a, a life insurance policy, there's some protection there. You're not going to lose any money. There's a, it's a locked value investment. So you know, it's lower interest, so it's not necessarily going to grow right. a lot, but it, 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 it's a little safer than index funds, the stock market, all those other conversations. So, Jeremy, real, real quick, though, real quick the question is we have a lot of millennials who jump in and out of jobs. Yeah. Um, there's insurance on the job um, that yeah. they pay um, mm-hmm. two times your salary and sometimes they get that but if they jump out of another job and getting into another one but we're looking at this constant so for millennials who jump in and out of jobs to say where's my next advantage um how do i stay constant with something like a term or whole or universal because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you transition to somewhere else a lot of things get dropped off when you either unemployed or when you just moving on because you don't even think about the insurance and if you take a step down Mm -hmm. which is a problem you start saying "Eh, i don't need dental right now i'll hold out on that insurance because i need as much money as possible how do you approach that i think there's two thoughts i have one when you get that job 
when they show you the package they're providing. One question is, how does this work once once I leave? That's a weird question to ask when you're in the you know first days of a job. <laughs> I know when you first. <laughs> yeah, because a, a lot no no that's that's a great question because I'm dealing with that now. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to get my retirement money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and so answering those questions for yourself at the beginning, which any you know human resources department should be willing to do, because a lot of these uh, life insurance policies that you get through work, they will continue if you leave the job. Now, most of the time, your your employer will pay the premium in while you work for them. But then if you leave, you have to pay the premium. Like they're not going to keep paying the premium. But a lot of times you can keep them. So if that's the case, then that may be plenty of life insurance for you. And if you leave or you end up, you know, in whatever your next situation is, you can take that policy with you. Usually what I see is that's the case. But the problem is, the death benefit is really low. Although, Chaz, you just said, you know, two times your annual salary, which is a lot higher than I tend to see. Usually I see like twenty, twenty-five thousand dollar life insurance policies, which is really nice of your you know, employer to provide. That's great. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. it's the type of life insurance policy that's really gonna take care of you over the course of time. I would say you'd need a, a better policy outside of your employer in that case. And I think you made a great point, too. It depends on your circumstances. You know, mm-hmm. if you're married um, and you say, well, my wife is not going to work. She's she's going to we're going to have children. So you have to take in consideration what she's going to need if you're not there. So twenty five thousand is not going to damn do anything, um, mm-hmm. especially if you have a home or you have a lot of expenses that mm-hmm. you do on a monthly basis. 25,000 will probably last for a couple of months and then you're done. Um, So not good. But if you do something within uh, a couple of hundred thousand, you know, it can pay off a lot of things and set them up to move on to other stuff. So I like the universal and that's really where um, Chaz and I really talk about investment and wise, and it, it, it it's more attractive, especially when you're younger, to say, not only am I saving for my life insurance, but I have a, a separate vehicle within that to say, hey, and I'm investing money. It may not be tremendous on the stock market, but it's not going to waste. You know what I mean? None of that is going yeah. to waste. So that well, makes it really. Go ahead. And that's why I wanted to circle back to the to the other insurance because I think like just for me personally, um, you know I can I pay my auto insurance because I have to. There's no way around that. I have some renters renters insurance just really because it's cheap and it's just you know for the just in case. Um, but for life insurance, you know without the investment piece, without feeling like I can, you know, there's some financial cash or some some liquid value. Uh, you know, just for me, ten dollars a month isn't a lot, or however much it would be. But I was, I still like the idea of uh, a life insurance policy that that has some sort of financial cash value. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it, it's, it's, it's the feeling of okay, I have some sort of asset here. Obviously, it's for a certain purpose, but just for me personally, I, I like that idea better 
than the other, like the term life insurance, for example. Yeah, I think the way the way I like to look at it is basically like this. So if someone's looking at life insurance, I can get them a proposal for term life, which has no financial value for you besides the death benefit, and universal, which has the investment value there. And let's say the term life is that 10 bucks a month that we've been using as an example, mm-hmm. and the universal is 50 bucks a month. And that's about what I see in the difference generally between the two. You know, the question that I think you ask is that $40 a month different, you know, what are the ways I could invest that would make sense? You know, one is life insurance and I'm obviously not hating on that or anything like that. It's one certainly a good idea. You put the 40 bucks in and you know you have that and you get it back. It's safe. It's going to grow a little Mm bit. Um, But if I'm younger you know, I, I wonder what other things I could do with that 40 bucks. And to me, that's where a financial advisor comes in a little bit more. Um, if you, you know, can sit down with one and say, well, Mm, right, right. what can I, what are my options for that $40 a month? You know, life insurance is one option, universal life, but another would be maybe index funds or something like that. You know, what's most likely to give me something in the end that has the best value for me? Um, that, that could be universal insurance, uh, life insurance. It could be a mix. You know, if, if the $40, if that $40 is all you have to invest, I'm not sure a universal policy is the best option. I'd probably go with the term life and pay the 10 bucks and put that $40 somewhere else. But if you're, I see. Okay. you know, if you got $200 a month that you can invest, now you can change that conversation. All right, well, let's put 40 bucks into a universal life policy and let's put, you know, 160 over into an index fund or something that's going to grow a lot faster uh, than than life insurance. So obviously it depends on your scenario. I love working with financial advisors because I think that, you know, they can see the whole picture for for folks. But, you know, when, when you're young and you don't have a bunch of assets, you know, I tend to think at least get that term policy, spend that 10 bucks a month. If you can do the extra $40, the question is where should you put that? To me, it might be an index fund over your universal life policy. That's really kind of up to you, you know? Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. My only reason is is the discipline factor. Um, A lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, millennials is like, yeah, I'm investing. Oh, man, I'm losing money. Let me pull my money out. Whereby, if you use in the universal, you can always say, oh, that's growing. And when I'm doing it, it's growing. And then when I get older to understand that the stock market isn't a day-to-day thing, it's a long-term investment, and you're going to see highs and lows, um, that discipline factor goes with more maturity as opposed to um, quick um, satisfaction <laughs> to this day and age is like I need <laughs> yeah. to be feeling good about hey I'm in cryptocurrency it went down 60% oh my god let me pull my money no hold on things are changing these are long term investments but I, I really like how you said it it's like you can use that $40 somewhere else you don't have to start investing in something that is 1-2% to you can put $40 in something that can grow a lot better or on the other hand, let's have that as an addition because if you got $160, then you can put that in the true growth. Um, good options mm-hmm. though. And so thank you for that. But I, I, I'm 
really was concerned with the discipline factor with, you know, if a financial advisor say, nope, this will give you maybe 8% this year. And we already looked at a couple of these indexes and let's just go with mutual funds or, or, or money market right here, as opposed to mm-hmm. buying Netflix um, and that's dropping next week <laughs> or something like that. So I, that's really interesting to have as an option. So that was something a little more clearer. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it's all about, you know, where you're at and you're right. If you don't have the discipline and, and you're, you know, 40 bucks is going to do a lot better in a universal life policy than it's going to do, you know, at a, at a ball game or some other place where you're just spending it and it's gone. Um, but I think if you do have this, the discipline there, there may be better, places to start with those lower investment amounts and then bring it up to the universal life policy or something like that as you have more to invest i don't know there's a lot of different ways to look at it i don't okay that's just one so let's go back to the one of the first things you said which you know being young and you're single and you don't have anything to worry about um i did a, a a package to say if you die today the average price of burying you on the low end is about $11,000. So if you get an insurance policy mm-hmm. to say, eh, I don't need to leave money to anybody. Um, uh, all I need to do is make sure they don't have to pay for my burial costs. My burial cost is this. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only thing that I'm going to be saving up for. That's a option that I guess we can approach in that way yeah. to say, do you only care about being buried and not being a burning on anyone else or are you really looking at your situation and say i got family or you know i need to take care of my mom when i'm when i die or my family or whoever how do i look at these things so, so i think that's important that's why i kind of broke that down to yeah eleven thousand dollars that's a lot you know funeral transportation um viewing and ceremony embalming transfer of the remains yeah i'm getting a little morbid i'm sorry uh professional services i mean (laughs) there's so much that's there and it adds up quickly and then there's like but i want my loved one to go out in style so that style of course you a lot more than eleven thousand dollars so that's something really um important to be thinking about especially a young millennial who has no you know family ties to a spouse or children or anything in that matter yeah i mean i I think it's so simple especially these term life policies if it you know five dollars a month is as low as i've seen if you're in your 20s and you just want to even a fifty thousand dollar a term life policy like five to eight bucks a month and you set it up Mm -hmm. on automatic withdrawal on your account and you're you're done with it and then even if you make your mom the beneficiary or your dad, then, you know, in the case of something bad happening, you know that the the burial costs are covered. Maybe some of your you student go. loans are covered. And, you know, that's if if nothing else, at least you didn't put that burden on your parents. Um, but I think taking another step up, you know, making it a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, especially when you're early twenties, the biggest reason to do that is because that's when gotcha. those policies are the cheapest. And so you can, you know, lock in that two hundred thousand dollar policy and at a ten dollar, twelve dollar a month rate, 
and you'll have that for the next 30 years, you know, as your life changes and evolves. Stay tuned for our next episode of M3 Millennial Money Management when we finish our conversation with Jeremy Goodrich about insurance policies, not just life, but different other types of policies. On the Bougie Black Brother Network.